0: I know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are talking about the week of December 6th through 10th. So we started with Laura and Martin, couldn't be happier. They're in a hideout house. Right away, I'm suspicious of everything. The guards, the building, we've definitely seen that place before. But besides that, I enjoyed the sibling bonding between them. When the guard came in and said that Victor Cassidine was back in Port Charles, Laura's face said it all. Now if we could just get Stefan back, then the Cassidine family would be just about complete for me. Laura tells Martin it's time to go back to Port Charles so she can protect her children, which at this point is just Nicholas. Uh, And when they get on the subject of family, Martin declares that he's been a terrible husband or he would be a terrible husband. And I felt so bad. Marty deserves some love. Come on. (laughs) So then this house cleaner comes up to the door. In my opinion, this guard did not frisk her the way he should have. I'm curious if this woman was working for Cyrus, and if so, what other contacts does Cyrus have at this point? I mean, he was able to get that cell phone, so who else could be in his, I guess, good graces that would help him out, even though Cyrus has nothing to give? Martin suggests to Laura to take a relaxing bath, and then the house cleaner ends up getting the best of Martin and tries to strangle him. Luckily, Lara heard it, and she's able to clock her in the back of the head. This woman still does not give up who she's working for. Like, how can you be that loyal to Cyrus unless you have a couple of screws loose as well? Well, so I guess that tracks. <laughs> and Lara, the drum majorette, convinces Martin that Cyrus's threat must be over now and they can go home, and he reluctantly agrees. So now that Laura has Victor on the brain, she's going to go straight to Nicholas. For all those who miss pre-COVID soaps, Nick and Ava get down to the ground in front of the roaring fire in Windermere, and not long after, Victor comes for a visit. Ava lets him know who she is, being a Jerome. That was a great scene for me to watch. As Victor was looking at Nicholas like, should we trust this lady? I don't know. The whole time I kept saying does Victor know who Ava is? Like, does he know the Jerome family? And then not seconds later, Ava said, do you know who I am? (laughs) So that was just awesome to see. Nicholas reminds Victor that he loves Ava and whatever he has to say, he can say. And then we get the confirmation. Victor has Hayden locked away somewhere. And Victor was the one who killed Hayden's mother. And this is when Nick demands to know the details of Victor and Peter's working relationship. I don't blame him. I mean, it's getting ridiculous as to what could Peter have given him in return for whatever Victor was giving Peter. And honestly, Nicholas acted way too surprised in these scenes, as if the Cassidines aren't known to be unhinged and proactive, as Ava called it. The Cassadines are bringing back some traditional soap tropes and I love it. When Laura gets back, she is going to be so angry with Nicholas, knowing that Victor has been alive the entirety of the past, what, seven years now? Uh, but Laura may be the only one to get through to Spencer and get him to make up with Nicholas. Spencer is using his Cassidyne charm on every girl in town him and then Jocelyn are at the gym and he wants her to give Esme another chance, declares it's not just about the physical relationship but that during breaks at school when other kids went home they both stayed on campus. Spencer really put his trust in this girl while he was overseas at school but I have a feeling she was either planted there or she sought out Spencer on purpose. There wasn't enough information here. He gave us dead parents, adopted rich parents, no friends. I mean, every villain or Batman origin story, right? And Esme's keeping herself busy trying to drive a wedge in between Trina, Joss, and Cam. And it was clear Trina was calling her out. Esme pushing for this road trip is giving me horror movie vibes. I think she's hoping Cameron will cheat on Jocelyn, whether that's him and... Trina kissing and Jocelyn see it or maybe it'll turn around and Trina will kiss Spencer and Esme will see it. I really want to strip Esme down to her essence and see how far she will go to keep Spencer. Jocelyn believes she will unravel herself at this road trip but I hope she kind of pushes something along. Maybe something her mom would have done back in the day. Carly was busy in GH as Peter has a face-off with Nina. Carly rounds the corner, but of course doesn't hear anything. She did give us a really nice slap across Peter's face, and I know some Peter haters enjoyed that. And Nina so desperately trying to cover her tracks, but Carly could see right through it, and Britt was watching it all from the nurse's station in the background. Just great. Sonny ended up running into Britt to, I guess, talk about Jason. I know his death has to play out in the show. I'm just over it in real life. And all Sonny has to say is, you know how life can be. And again, Britt does not need to pine over Jason. His character needs a revamp. If or when he comes back, his story should be about how he's abandoned his kids his whole life and the depths of his brain injury, not his dating life. There's more story with Jason's kids than than with Jason at this point in General Hospital. But when Sonny saw Carly with Nina, he reminded Carly that he's her husband, insinuating Jason is not. (laughs) A little Sonny jealousy there. It's interesting how we get glimpses of what I'm calling the true Sonny, but also glimpses of Mike from Nixon Falls. He gets a text, Carly walks away, the text is freaking Nina, and she's in the chapel. Sonny's mad at her now. It's about time. He's getting progressively more upset with Nina, and I like that part. What I liked even more was Willow overhearing everything Nina said and being angry about it. She gets it now. She gets how cuckoo Nina is about this situation and why she needs to stay away from Wiley, but now she's grappling with what should she do with that information. But honestly, this this tidbit of information is not a big deal anymore. I think enough time has passed that Carly may not care as much about all this because it's all wrapped up in Nina's lying about Sunny to start. All of Nina's points were moot here. Uh, She was trying to pull connections that weren't there, trying to defend herself, putting her almost death in the front of the whole Nixon Falls storyline when she was talking to Willow. And all Willow kept saying was, Make it make sense, Nina, because nothing you're saying aligns. And I'm happy that Willow left it open-ended if she's going to tell Carly about this Nixon Falls love or not. I think that's good for Willow and Nina's relationship together. They've had a rocky past. Willow does not owe Nina anything at this point. Whatever things that they had in the past, it's all paid up. They are on equal ground. I think that Willow should tell Michael what she overheard and maybe let Michael decide what he wants to do with that. I don't think she should go straight to Carly as... They're not really that close, in my opinion, so I'm just glad that it's open-ended. Also, in these scenes, I was reminded once again that Willow is a nursing student, which, of course, would give you free range of the hospital going into offices and conference rooms without anyone questioning you. <laughs> and as Carly was walking away, she ran into Epiphany, who has such a great history with Jason. Epiphany's son worked for Sonny before, and Epiphany has helped the Corinthos family in many medical emergencies. That conversation between Epiphany and Carly was just so nice, and Sonia Eddie just looked so beautiful. Her makeup was on point. I just loved it, all, all of it. Carly then sees Michael, and they have another good mother and son moment, and she tells him about Leah Mike, and they reminisce about Jonah, aka Willow's baby with Shiloh that Nell switched with Brad. And Michael and Willow visit Brando and Sasha, while Carly goes down to the NICU and hugs Gladys, and they share some good scenes together. You can tell Gladys is trying to keep things normal by sort of backhanding insulting Sasha on her name choice, but it did make me happy when Brando and Sasha showed up and you saw the closeness between Carly and Sasha. Sonny then tells Carly he has business to take care of and Selena Wu is also in the hospital. Sonny ends up at the PCPD and talks with Anna about the situation with Peter and then he surprises Peter in the interrogation room and goes full Sonny. Peter tries to threaten him. I mean, (laughs) I sat up straight as an arrow to listen to this conversation. Sonny is on and off one of my favorite characters on the show. And if he submissed to Peter's demands, if submissed is even a word, I would have been done. This stupid love secret is not worth literally anything. Give Peter some good old cement shoes and be done with it, Sonny. Like, let's go. Then Peter called him simple. <laughs> and, I mean, they're back and forth. The, this scene in the interrogation room was great. I just, I love this conversation. I, I wanted almost for it to continue a little longer. So back to Selena Wu and G.H., she was there to warn Brit away from Brad. Britt played it exactly the same way I would have confused and like listen lady I'm 30 something years old you're not going to tell me who my friends are but I do understand the want for a loved one to change their ways and be a better person and with this new name change from Nina to Selena I'm assuming we're going to see a lot more of Miss Wu in the future and I'm here for it. As Selena Wu is leaving GH she runs into Carly and Michael they talk about Brad and Michael. Bro, you stood straight up to Miss Wu, did not even blink. So Carly then has to school you on how to communicate with the mob and admits that her and Sonny are not on the same page anymore, or at least not recently. So then Sonny returned to the hospital only to run into Maxie asking him to kill Peter. And then Sonny gets a flashback to Peter's threat of revealing the Nixon Falls love secret. Like, literally, Sonny, how dare you? If this is the only gear behind the wheel turning to kill Peter, I'm, I'm done with Sonny. I'm done. That is the dumbest reason to kill someone, even for general hospital. After this, Maxie pops over to Britt's office where she invites her and then Nina to a girl's night. And you know what? At least Maxie is trying to have some semblance of a family and friends. Maxie's blood ties are thin right now. There's no Felicia, Frisco, Georgie, Lulu, Nathan. Spinelli's too busy for her now. Maxie needs some stability in this moment. Like, she doesn't have her new baby. She doesn't have custody of her kids. She's always saying her kids are with Mac. A girl's night is necessary. What Maxie doesn't need is to go visit Peter. At least it gave us more Mac Scorpio. It's about time. Frank Valentini, please show today's audience why the Scorpio name lives in infamy in Port Charles. (laughs) Please. But when Maxie arrives, I'm still thinking this is a bad idea. Peter is going to read this all over her face. Mac first addressed Peter. And Peter overplays his hand, severely, by lying about Louise's whereabouts. All of this reminding us that Mac is a great dad and a good cop. And say what you want about Peter, but when Mac opened the door and Peter saw Maxie, the whole attitude of the room changed. Maxie yelled at him so good, and I especially love the part where she said, if I date the entire PCU football team, it's none of your business. (laughs) But then, she did it. She gave it all away, and I think Peter noticed. When she was screaming at him and says that he won't have Louise, that was the clue. That was the unraveling thread to the whole plan. This also made me curious if we were going to have a Ned Maxine scene when the identity of Bailey Louise comes out. One will be gaining a grandchild while one will be losing a grandchild. That's very interesting and I don't know if we've had many scenes with Mac and Ned on the show. Maxie then paid a visit to Austin to declare their friends again and I'm glad uh, only because they got all of the Peter stuff out on the table. Maxie let Austin know as plain as day that Peter will go after him if he thinks Austin is romantic with Maxie at all. Austin seems to take it partially serious, and he does admit that he did also act a little bit like a child when he spoke with Peter. And to round out our hospital portion of GH this week, Scott, Nina, and Liesel all discuss the charges against Nina. Liesel urges Nina to fight for her life in court. Just, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm over Nina. (laughs) Then Liesel explains to Nina how much Jason meant to Brit making Nina feel even worse about her choices. Good. Honestly, I'm not excited for this court battle with Nina. I don't need to hear in court that Nina fell in love with Sunny and Carly to be blindsided. Let Carly and Sunny unite against Nina. Maybe Nina doesn't have to go to jail, but maybe she can be on house arrest or uh, she can receive some intense community service at the prison with Esme and Ryan Chamberlain. Wouldn't that be her just desserts? And Brando and Sasha are still waiting to hear about Liam Mike. Lucy Co. stops by and I thought that was very sweet so of course we have to bring up deception and conception I guess. Uh, Lucy wants to make the company public and Sasha doesn't give her an answer. The smart thing to do in this situation. We did get a Serena mention and right away I thought we could really use her right now she would be a great addition to the show. Scott would have a daughter to lean on a little bit, and she could most definitely get involved with Ava's Gallery or Aurora Media. There's plenty of room in Port Charles. And I think we could use another character or two in that age range of, you know, Michael, Brando, Sasha, Willow, Brooklyn, Chase, like that age group of characters. And then we see Brando running into TJ in the chapel at GH, and they decide to be friends again. It's about time. And we ended their story this week with bad news. We just don't know what the bad news is yet. If Sasha and Brando lose their baby, it would be another opportunity to revisit a drug addiction story as a couple. Uh, if they both like resorted back to drugs due to the loss of their son, that could be interesting. I do want to see where Sasha and Brando go as a couple in general, but we need something to propel them into their next storyline. They named Michael and Willow as their godparents for Liam Mike, and I'm sorry, I just think it's a little bit weird. Sasha was, I think, engaged to Michael, um, but I understand why they were the choice. After they received such an honor, Michael and Willow return to Harborview Road and discuss Brad. Willow wants to just let it all go, but please, let's not pretend you know anything about mob business, Willow. Just stop. Business deals go sideways all the time. Let Michael have his feelings about Brad. It's fair that Michael wants Brad to complete his full sentencing. Speaking of Brad, so Sonny meets with Selena Wu in his office at the restaurant. He asks her to kill Peter. I couldn't tell if it was because of Peter's threat of the Nixon Falls love secret or generally just wanting to kill Peter. In exchange, Selena wants Sonny's influence to get Brad released. They argue about it and Sonny comes up with what he thinks is a good compromise that he will have his men swayed as long as Peter dies and Brad stays away. If Brad comes close to Wiley, he will be dealt with. I guess this is interesting. Uh, I like the contracting out the hit on Peter, but what Selena is asking is nearly impossible. There could have been other ways to kill Peter that didn't involve the Wu family, but we needed that to bring Brad back to the canvas. Will this be the end of Peter, or will the Wu family just hold Peter somewhere? What does this mean for Victor Cassanine's future crimes? I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. The next day, Selena meets with Sonny at the Metro Court and at the end of their conversation, it seemed like they severed business ties and maybe friendship ties. Did anyone else think that? Are they making enemies right away after Brad's released or I guess back in competition with each other? Will there be a revival of the Asian Quarter to which Selena makes Brad in charge of the medical van that we haven't heard about since the 80s? Also, when Selena walked away, Sonny got the impression that she suggested he replace Jason. She returns later to tell Carly that's not exactly what she meant. When she leaves and Carly returns to Sunny, he tells her how he used to dream of her in Nixon Falls before he knew who she was or who he was. Sunny is building Carly up, so when he tells her about the Nina-Nixon-Falls love, it won't be that bad. Carly should go and see Kevin, sort out her feelings about Jason and his death before any other serious conversations with Sunny take place, but That's just my opinion. I think too many emotions are dropping down on Carly right now, and either she's going to fly off the handle or she's going to do something that she'll immediately regret. Anna then pops over to the Metro Court to tell Sonny that Peter is scared and that his threat worked. When Anna went to see Peter in Pentonville, she offered him to give up his legal parental rights to entice whoever had Louise to bring her back if that's the reason the baby is still missing. Of course, Peter declines. She leaves with no deal on the table, but admits she still believes in the justice system. Obviously, Sonny does not. When he enlisted the help of Selena Wu, he probably wasn't expecting a complicated situation. Let me explain. So... This will unfold later. Um, I'm not saying I'm 100% correct here. This is just my working theory. I have a few questions to start with. Does Brad know what's going on here? Has he been in communication with Selena for a while? How much of the deal does Brad know or will Brad know about when he's released? Like, how much will Selena tell him as to the conditions of him being released? So, for one argument, if Brad has been in communication with Selena Wu and knew she would ask him to do something he doesn't want to in order to be released, will he bring it up to Sunny? If Brad has been in communication with Selena and knows nothing, will she tell him later to preserve his place in the Wu family empire that she's clearly trying to rebuild? Another argument is Brad the Innocent. Prison has changed him. He has no clue as to how or why he was released. However, his aunt uses him and more so coerces him into Wu family bidding. Any which way the writers go, I hope it's something interesting because for them to give Miss Wu a permanent first name, tie her with Brad, and write in that Brad helped to kill Peter whether on purpose or accident, there has to be something good on the way, right? And wrapping up this week of GH, Chase steps in as Bailey's father. They break the news to Willow, and Willow definitely looked disappointed, but too bad you chose Michael over and over and over again. Chase matures up and tells everyone he wants to get past all the awkwardness, and I agree, let's just be done with it. With Chase suspended from the force, Drew moving back onto Harborview Road, Peter's possible death, Laura's return... We may get a break from Carly and Sonny's stuff to fit all that in. And hopefully, with Laura in town, we will see more Kevin, too. Thank you all for listening this week. Catch me on Instagram at 66 View Road, TikTok at 66 underscore View Road, and Twitter at 66 underscore view. From the Quartermaine Foyer, I bid you a good week.